Welcome to Bill and Kate, Both Sides of the Medication Card, a podcast in which we talk about how the girl most likely to succeed to be the next great grand dame of Canadian theatre ended up on the wrong side of the medication card. This is Bill and Kate, Both Sides of the Medication Card. Like I said, I'm Bill, and over there is my wife, mother of my children, and my bestest friend in the world, Kate. How are you, kid? I'm very well, thank you. Good. So this podcast, we've been talking about for many weeks now, um, how you, Kate the Great, (laughs) uh, the next grand dame of Canadian theatre, ended up in a psychiatric hospital uh, unbeknownst to you, you. You didn't know why at first, and we're, we're kind of slowly unfolding the story. Uh, you left uh, Vancouver, went back to Toronto, went back to your family, and within a very short time, a few weeks of being back with your family, you were in and out of psychiatric hospital three, four times. Yes. Uh, we left the podcast, the last one, when you had been having a wonderful time with your mum and your sister. Mm-hmm. You'd been having uh, a few drinks and you'd been eating steak, barbecued steak. And the next memory you have, you are chained to a bed in a psychiatric hospital or the psychiatric wing of the general hospital. Wrists and ankles, you call it spread eagling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your sister had just put a crucifix around your neck mm-hmm. and you'd got nurses around you. Yeah. Have you by now <laughs> realised that, that there might be something wrong with there you? There might be something wrong with you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I was now seeing myself as a psychiatric patient. Mm. And that was how I was framing my life, was that I was mentally ill. Therefore, I needed hospital. I needed medication. I needed the support of my family. I was, well, I, I'm going to say it. I felt like I was a loser. I had just three, four, five months before this been absolutely full of dreams and hopes and, and aspirations and belief that I was going to crack the Canadian theatre scene. And within three, four, five months, I had now framed my life as, will I ever get out of hospital? But this is quite... A huge leap. Yes. You've been in hospital three times before, mm-hmm. and they've given you a nice breakfast, <laughs> a nice room to stay in, some medication to take home, and sent you home within a few days. Mm-hmm. And then you went back in, and they sent you home within a, a couple of weeks. That's and then right. you went back in, That's right. and then they sent you home again. And then this time, mm-hmm. you've gone back in. They haven't done the nice breakfast. They haven't done the nice room. They haven't done the, here's your uh, what you can have for the rest of your week while you're in here to eat. They've changed you to a bed. Well, apparently I was behaving inappropriately, and I don't know quite what that means to this day. I have a memory of one of the other patients saying, oh, it was horrible, it was horrible. You came in and you were slathering and you were hugging people and you were you were drooling and, and then you started screaming and they had to do something, so they had to get rid of you. They had to chain you to the bed and it was for the best and then you were screaming. We could hear you in the hall and... You know, so I I personally have very little to no memory of this, and uh, I've looked at my psychiatric hospital notes, and all it says is um, got up to void, 
patient um, is continues to be sedated. You know, there's no. Um, uh, so you have no idea, other than anecdotally, what someone mm-hmm. else has told you. Exactly. You've got no idea what happened from that nice glass of red wine with your mother and sister to waking up or not exactly. waking up or just coming to the realisation exactly. that someone had changed you to a bed. Yeah. You don't know what happened in between. So, so that's what you call full-blown psychosis, you know, loss of memory, mm-hmm. loss of memory. And I had loss of memory. And the thing is, is the screaming... I understand that. It made sense to me, yeah, what I was screaming and shouting and yelling, right? I was yelling things about my sister, about that she was going to take the oath of silence and become a nun. I was yelling stuff about my brother. I was yelling stuff about my old boyfriend. My old boyfriend, I had heard that he was married now and that they were expecting their first child. So I started shouting, I want my baby. I want my baby. And mm-hmm. the, the nurses and doctor are all going, what baby? She doesn't have a baby. What do you mean I want my baby? And I was shouting, I want my baby. You know, I want I want to have a baby. You know, so, so they didn't understand what I was shouting. It made sense to me mm-hmm. at the time. And again, um, you know, I, I have uh, little memory of it. Um, But yeah, I was finally after, I don't know, uh, according to my hospital records, three, four, five days allowed out of these um, full body restraints. And then I was confined to my room. Um, I had to wear my pajamas. I wasn't allowed to get dressed, so I wasn't allowed off the ward. I was allowed to come out to eat, and then I had to go back to my room. And the nurses would come to see me, and they would check on me. And I'm pretty sure they were checking on me every 15 minutes. Um, you know, I was I was a high maintenance patient at this point in time. I have to ask from this side of the medication card. I've got mm, to ask, mm. right? Um, how aware were you of the fact that you were restrained? I mean, this is to me it sounds mm. barbaric, mm-hmm. right? On this side of the medication card, as your husband, it sounds barbaric because uh, this is not Victorian England. This was nineteen eighty three, eighty six, nineteen eighty six. Right, this is not Victorian England. Mm-hmm. This is not the asylums of, of that we read about at school. Yeah. Th- this is very, very recent. It's it's my understanding that uh, shortly after I was restrained, they changed the rules, their own rules, that they no longer use restraints as part of the quote-quote treatment. Mm. So I think I was one of the last people on that ward to be restrained, which is not exactly a great accolade to have. But, uh, yeah, it, it is now, as you say, being um, thought of as barbaric. Mm. And I know that people who are in the system now look back on those days and can't believe it. And you're absolutely right. It, this, is, this is, you know, um, white, middle-class, Ontario, Toronto. Um, everybody's got a job. Everybody's got a house. Everybody's got a car. And I, was a, I, I am a wasp, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. So if this was happening to me, you could just imagine, you know, how the people who can't stand up for themselves mm. were being treated in the system. So the system was flawed. So they put you in a room and they wouldn't let you out as well? Yeah, so I was confined to my so room. So you were confined. Did they lock you in? No. No. Right. No, they just asked me to stay in my room. Having been heavily medicated? Having been, yeah, I was, I was, I realized, and uh, one of the medications I was on was called Haldol, which is an antipsychotic, but it has the side effect that your jaw goes stiff, so mm. you do drool, 
very and you can't quite me you know you oh, can't yeah, yeah and and you shuffle you can't pick up your legs properly so so the 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 stigmatizing view of what a mentally ill person looks like i was the manifestation of that i was stumbling and drooling and speaking incoherently. I think in one of our earlier podcasts, we did talk about Haldol, mm-hmm. uh, commonly known as the chemical kosh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Haldol, Haldoperidol, it's quite a, quite a harsh drug because uh, of side effects as well uh, as what it does to you. Did you have any, any moments at all of lucidity going, what's going on here? What is going on? Well, to tell you the truth, Bill, and I don't know how to articulate this, but I was, in a way, having fun. I was now realizing... You brought it back to that before. I know, I know. But the thing is, right, is that I was thinking, oh my, I still thought I was the center of the universe. I still thought everybody was interested in my story. I still wanted my life to become the subject of some sort of film. You know, like they did with the great actress, Frances Farmer, who was mentally ill. and She was eventually um, lobotomized. You know, and and that was a really good movie starring Jessica Lange. The you way know, this is unfolding, though, mm-hmm. it is becoming something like I a, know. a drama, a film. So I I really thought that I was way more important than I actually was, and so I now was pushing boundaries. You know, seeing they chain me to a bed. What else can they do to me? How else can I be wronged? And at this time, Bill, I was really against them. I you know. I had gone from being, oh, thank you very much for breakfast. This is this is cool. This mm. is interesting. Mm. And, oh, I'm going to talk to a psychometrist. What's that? Okay, this is cool. This is interesting. To now, I was in hospital and I was hating. How dare they? How dare they treat me? Because I still was full of myself. Mm. Treat me this horrible way. And that's what was going on. I think you've now you've now developed something to be angry at, though. Well, I certainly have. I certainly have. I think you know, absolutely. I was indeed from this side. And you know, you've been chained to a bed. Uh huh. And my family, right? They they were beside themselves, right? My sister, you know, was was at first not allowed in to see me, but she pushed her way past the nurses and came in. My mother and sister are at home, going, "What do we do? What do we do? What do we do?" And what they ended up doing was they got together with my father, which is which in my family is epic. You know, my mother mm-hmm. and father, very nasty divorce. But they got together, my mum, my sister, and my dad, and they went to the church, and they did a laying on of hands, which I'm not sure what that means. I'm not sure what they did, but they laid their hands on, and they prayed that I would become well, and they prayed that I would become well, and they prayed that I would become well. And what this did to me, Bill in my not-so-well state of mind, is I thought I was possessed. Oh, my goodness. So my mother and sister and dad are doing all these religious things because I was possessed. So I went from being the second coming of Christ, which, as you know, I had very good evidence as to why that was true when I was going through that, um, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. that I was a woman, I was an actress, I was, you know, of course it was me. How I hadn't seen this before, I didn't know. So I went from being the second coming of Christ to now being confined to my room because I was possessed by some sort of demon. That must have been a real conflict for you. Yeah, I was ill, Bill. When I look back on it, you know, and I, I really took took the psychosis to a limit. And and when I say it was fun, there was an element of it that was 
wow, this is drama. And when they write the book about all the actors and actresses that came out of the Vancouver Playhouse Acting School, I will get a chapter all to myself and it will be called, And She Became the Lunatic. So I was having fantasies. I was having, you know, um, um, as I say, I was, you know, one of the things you say to me, I was giving myself top billing. Mm, mm. So I was the center of the universe. I was the only important patient on the ward. You know, when when were the press going to get a hold of my story and write me up in the New York um, Times? Um, yeah, so I... I, uh, I have to say that from this side of the medication cart, mm. we started off very early on in our podcast uh, talking about the delusions of grandeur, mm-hmm. uh, the grain darm, the grand darms, and all that kind of stuff, the second coming of Christ. They, in, after all these months, and it's not a lot of time, but after these few months, have you thought you were getting better? Mm. These delusions have, in fact, never left you. That's right. And my mother was asked by my psychiatrist... What is she talking about? She's an actress. You know, is this true? Is this true that she went to the best acting school in Canada? So my mother said, yes, it's true. It's true. She was, she was, you know, her hopes and dreams were based on reality. It's true. It's true, honestly. Mm -hmm. And my psychiatrist, you know, still thought I was delusional. And my mother said, no, there's, there's an element of truth in this. And my mother, bless her cotton socks, wrote to the uh, what would be the head teacher of the school that I went to. He now lived in Australia, and she wrote to him that Kate had had a breakdown. And is it true what Kate said, that she was, you know, destined for, for great things? Mm-hmm. And he very kindly, his name was David, he very kindly wrote back a letter that he was really sorry to hear that I was having hard times and i become ill. And he said, yes, yes. Kate was extremely, and is, extremely talented and had every right to dream that she would, um, you know, become, in the Canadian theatre scene, famous, mm-hmm. you know. So, so yes, there is a truth to that, you know. Whether that was actually going to happen, time would tell. And as we know, Bill, it didn't happen. I had great success in different walks of life, but I never cracked the theatre scene of Canada, as some of my friends did. It must have been very difficult for you then, because you know that that's a fact. Mm-hmm. The medication is, is, is holding you back or tying mm-hmm. you down. Or is the medication elevating what you think you are okay i believe the medication was pulling me back right it was pulling me down it was was trying to stop my quote quote delusions of grandeur it was trying to pull me down Mm -hmm. to the ground and actually with the medication i felt heavy i couldn't lift my legs i couldn't lift i felt heavy i felt um you know heavy is is the only word i can think of it but it was a negative you know so as opposed to um you know some medication that's dealing with depression that tries to bring you up that tries to bring you high right i was definitely on what would be called downers so you've got all this energy you're hyper as hell Mm. the medication is pulling you back pulling you back pulling you back how did your fellow inmates i i don't want to use that word how patients. Your fellow patients? they're patients in a hospital how were they reacting to this 
Because you've been back there four times mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. Well, and there were some regulars. Yeah. So there were some people that I was creating relationships with. But for the most part, the acute ward of a general hospital sees many, 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 many different people. So a lot of people didn't know my history, didn't know me, mm. right? But what they knew was that I was the woman who was chained to the bed and screaming, um, you know, not inflammatory things, but yeah, screaming. Yeah, but straight away you've got a label. So, so when I was finally allowed out of my room, right, people were cautious around me. People were wary. Mm. People were, you know, because, because you never know how someone who's mentally ill is going to react yeah, there was a lot of anger that happened on the ward. There were a lot of, um, you know, people um, flailing and things like that. So, so people now, when I came out of the room, treated me with great caution, and that was new. That absolutely, was new. I absolutely. had I had been the belle of the ball because I'm a great extrovert and I yeah. can get conversations going and I can be belle of the party and whatnot. And now that I think is my question. Yeah, uh, you, you know, you've been in there two or three times with a yeah. different head on. Yeah. And now you're the monster. Perfect. Exactly. Okay, Kate, exactly. I want to leave this one right there. <laughs> you're going to leave me as a monster. <laughs> no. Not necessarily a monster, but I want to leave yeah. this one right there. But I do want to ask you, we've talked about last time you were in, you felt lonely, you felt... Mm. How, what is? What are you feeling right now? They've changed you to a bed, you've been isolated to your room, you've come out onto the ward, and the other patients see you as something quite scary. Yeah. What are you thinking, in a nutshell? My mother and sister were still there for me. Brilliant. That was my lifeline. So you've still got family and friends. That was my lifeline. Right. Something to strive towards. That was my lifeline. Kate, mother of my children and my bestest friend in the world, I thank you <laughs> for your openness and your honesty and the fact that you can still smile about it. Oh, it, it, after it's all these years. Happily, happily, it was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Thank you ever so much, Kate. Thank you. So there we have it. Kate was chained to a bed. Quite a horrendous story for some. And then she comes out into the ward and she's she's seen as a person to avoid. Everybody out there in podcast land, this is Kate and Bill, both sides of the medication cart. We will see you next time. Mm-hmm.